How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. On the slate for today, we got Game 5 of the NBA Finals, of course. We're talking about the COVID-19 issues and impacts on the NFL. The also impacts of the 1-3 Dallas Cowboys and what Jerry Jones should do, do or die teams. Of course, our wallet winners, Justin Herbert news, and the MVP race. But, of course, we got to welcome in our guest for today, Mr. Nicholas Bianchi. Thank you for joining me on the show today, my guy. Thank you for having me, Connor. It's a pleasure and an honor. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, me and Nick, we've known each other for about three years. We're in an acting program together. Uh, Nick is a huge sports fan, mainly soccer and football for the most yeah. part, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. And he's a huge Packers fan. Speaking of Packers, there's something on the right for you. I just saw it's... Yeah, you see a uh, little Jack Gary. Yeah, that's 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 all yours. Green for Green Bay. So happy Halloween, buddy. It's all. Oh my God, you're a saint. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I probably shouldn't eat it. It'll be all on my teeth, but I'll snack on that. Yeah, probably. we're all good. Um, so first topic we're gonna hop into for today is gonna be the Lakers game for Game Five. But if you guys do want to check out other topics, I do leave the descriptions in the uh, time bar. So if you guys want to fast forward to a certain topic, you guys can do that. But hopping in, Lakers Miami Game Five tonight. Lakers are up three one. What do you think happens tonight? I think that LeBron might get his fourth ring. Mm -hmm. But I think if he struggle, if, I think if the Heat can somehow contain LeBron and AD in somewhat of a capacity, which is hard to do, mm -hmm. that they might, they have a chance to take it to a game six. Yeah. And that's, I, I always like to take the underdog team on do or die games, you know. for I, Game four and five and six are like when stuff starts to get really serious. And I think that, the Heat know that, obviously, more than I do probably. And if Jay Crowder can get in LeBron's head a little bit more and hold him to under 30 points and maybe not a triple-double, they might have a shot, you know? Yeah, I mean, right now the Lakers are seven-point favorites. Seven points? I know. I, I honestly, since it's a game five, it's an elimination game, especially for a team that's been playing as good as Miami has. Even though injury, I still thought my, it would be like a five-point yeah, spread. Dude. Seven seems like a lot. I do think the Lakers will win tonight. Um but I think if they win, LeBron and AD are going to have to combine for like 65 or, or oh, more. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know KCP had a pretty good game last week. But, but, it's, but it's KCP. Exactly. And all their role <laughs> players are so inconsistent, you do not know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, I think there will be probably one player that gets like 10 to 15 points, probably like a Rondo or maybe even like a Kuzma if he wants to come out. But I think you were you hit the nail on the head when you said Crowder needs to just kind of get in uh, LeBron's way. I think that's Crowder. If they match up Crowder with LeBron – that leaves Jimmy Butler to probably double yeah. AD with Bam, because I think Bam's probable for the game today. Yeah. Um, so Also, that's, that's our thing. The, for the video podcast, the game's tonight, so obviously this will be posted the day after. So we, we, we're not stupid and just talking about the game that's already happened. We are just we're time Yeah, we're time travelers. We yeah. know what happens. Yeah, we were just we're fucking around. Like, oh, fuck it. We're going to talk about yesterday's game as if it didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, I think the keys for Miami to win, if they are going to win, they need to put pressure on LeBron to give the ball to AD because right now LeBron's leading the Lakers in assists, rebounds, and points. You think AD would be leading in rebounds, so that shows. That's very true. Like, that's and that's, crazy. He's leading is, all three categories? Yeah, and that's the funny thing is everyone's like, oh, LeBron's having an off year because he's only averaging 27. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's averaging 27? Yeah, LeBron's off years are career years for B players. It's exactly like what it's Aaron Rodgers said. Just because it's yeah, exactly like it's, it's exactly his off yeah. years are career years for everyone else. And so if if the if the Heat want to win this game, they need to pressure Anthony Davis. I agree. And they need Anthony Davis to be the winner of this game. And I think if Bam is at like 90%, they can do that. They showed yeah. that in ga uh, game 1 or 2, whichever game they took. Like if you put pressure on on AD, then LeBron has to kind of do everything because all their playmakers are so bad. No, um, I agree. If you force the ball into AD's hands, he's not the type of guy to win that sort of game. It's LeBron. Right. And if and you it, can Force Rajon and all those other sub players to not pop off. Like I think Rajon Rondo is probably the most um, threatening third player for them right yeah. now, just because it's playoff Rondo. Probably most he, consistent. Yeah, yes, I would say. yeah, exactly. Yeah. His just his offensive boards and the way he plays defense is key to their. Uh, Frank Vogel said it. Vogel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that he's. They got to shut down those three, and I think that they'll they might win by ten. Yeah, I mean it's just. That's kind of a bold The plan. fact that they don't have that third option is crazy. The fact that they're in the oh, yeah. finals, like, I think a lot of people take this season for granted because it's LeBron, and LeBron's kind of carried bad teams. I mean, I think AD's definitely the best teammate he's had in the past 10 years. Probably actually, maybe even of all time, it's a definitely a big debate. But, like, the other teams LeBron's had have at least had, like, some depth. This team has no, no yeah. depth yeah. at all. Um, yeah, they get their second team in there, and you're just you're kind of just holding on to whatever lead they have or, what, yep. you know, how close their second team can play. 
But and no, you're thing completely is, right. They need to limit how often their second team plays because Miami's second team can pop off. I mean, if oh, if yeah. Hero and Robinson shoot like 45% from the three and Hero can pop off for maybe like 12 to 15 points and Bam can get 15 or more, then this game should be an easy win for Miami. It's because of the depth. But, man, they're, they're, this is the last game. This is a game that can end the bubble. LeBron can go home to his kids finally. This is a game that LeBron might play 48 minutes. Like, he might That's not true. step off the court. It's true. I um, think he's averaged 40 th- this series, which makes sense. It's, it's LeBron. But right. It's, I think Jimmy Butler and the Heat don't – I think it's kind of a slap in the face just to lose one game – or to win one game in the finals, I think. It happened to LeBron in 2018. Yeah. After uh, they yeah. beat after they beat the um, Warriors in that seven game series, and he it was he left immediately. You know, shit just kind of hit the fan after that, and that's just it's just kind of a slap in the face. And I don't think teams want to go out like that. And I think if they do take uh, it to a game six, they'll get beat definitely. Yeah. They're not going to take it to a game seven, in my opinion. Oh um, no, there's no way. I no. think I think you're absolutely right. The series either ends tonight or next week. Sure. I, even if like Miami. Blow, let's say they, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a hypothetical they blow out the Lakers tonight, people are going to overreact and say, oh, they could push this seven, but they won't. Because yeah. LeBron, he, yes, he wants to go back to his kids, but he wants this championship. I mean, oh, yeah. in an interview, I think it was earlier today, he said, like, L.A. doesn't give a fuck who you are unless you win a championship, which <laughs> no, is, like, yeah. so true. Yeah, and that's why everybody loves LeBron because he has those championships, and he, he knows he has the potential. He's going to win it with his third team, and he's going to solidify himself as the second-best player ever. And, you know, I mean, he should be the – I'm not gonna go there, but um, is he your one or is he your two? He's my one. He's my one as well. I mean, I never watched Jordan play. I'm not old enough, obviously. But right. my dad went to Game Six against Michael Jordan. He watched him all his life, and he still thinks puts LeBron ahead of him. I oh, mean, wow. just I mean, my dad he he bases it mostly on athleticism. Purely, oh, LeBron's okay. a freak. He could go play tight end and yeah. the NFL if he wanted to, but it makes sense. I mean, playing one on one. I personally don't think Jordan's going to score 11 points to a game of 21. Yeah, I think. And so. just LeBron, he, like, leads categories, like, everything in playoffs. He's, like, top 10 in every single category. Right. So, yeah, he's... He's going to get number two in assists. He's going to... Oh, yeah. He's, he's going to probably finish number one in points. Oh, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's going to play until Bronny plays, which is five years from now. <laughs> and so, yeah. It's our three years from now, so... Um, anyway, oh, is he 39? LeBron? 37. Yeah. He's 37. Okay. Wow. So he does. He has five more years. It would not surprise sure. me if he played to 45. For I sure. mean, he's probably going to have three more all-star top five player years left in him and then it just kind of goes off but god like, it's crazy him and brady just chilling in a yeah. <laughs> machine yeah. seriously bro uh speaking of the nfl big news uh was announced yesterday so tennessee has had two straight weeks now of multiple COVID 19 positive tests so as of right now the game yesterday got pushed to tuesday against uh the bronc uh the broncos i think and so this is a situation where it's an isolated incident, is what I'm seeing it as. Because you don't say like you've seen one or two cases on other teams, but this was a spread, and it was because of them. Yeah, and then you you hear the report that Pete, that they're not enforcing masks, they're not they're not enforcing regulations and rules that the NFL is setting in place, and so people are talking about okay, fines, suspension of players. You know what? If they because there's still a chance that they can get positive tests today. If there's a positive test today, they should forfeit this game. I agree. Because I, that's not fair to the Buffalo. It's the Bills. They're playing the Bills. It's the Bills. I was going to say they beat the Broncos. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Uh, uh, week one. For week one, yeah. And they yeah. Sh- they and should have to forfeit that game. They honestly <laughs> should. It's not fair to the Bills. I mean, and even though I'm a Steelers fan, it wasn't fair to the Steelers because Steelers had a week nine bye, which then got moved to week four. Right. Which is the worst thing ever because then you have to play so many years in a row or so many uh, right. weeks in a row. It's 14. And if they make the playoffs and they're playing, you know, they're probably, I mean, might probably not going to win that. That's a tough division a hard, to beat yeah. the ball. To beat and so the if you, in. you hit the wild card, that's another straight week. You don't get the bye. Exactly. If you go to the Super Bowl, that's tw- I'm not saying they're going to, but if you do, that's 20 weeks in a row of just playing football. I can't even imagine how that would. No preseason, all these injuries. Yeah, it's Seriously. that's fun to deal with. So it's just, I don't think it's. Tennessee seems to be just ignoring the regulations. No, yeah. When when I I didn't even realize I I haven't even seen uh, those things that you sent me last night about um, the regulations they've been breaking the. Mm-hmm. The stuff they've been not wearing masks, I'm assuming, you know, just acting like douchebags in general. Yeah. Um, but if that's true and they have multiple player accounts or even reporter accounts, then they should be either – they should be fined a heavy amount and they should either be suspended one game. They shouldn't get to play a game and the team that they're playing should get the bye mm-hmm. or they should have to forfeit their previous games. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's bullshit. They caught – they, they – um, the Patriots could have covered – 
my bet against the Chiefs if Cam what didn't get COVID. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't know if it was because of the, the Titans. Yeah. They play? Uh, no, they didn't play each other, but I mean, still, it, it's such a. But yeah, it's just, it's something that, yeah, it, it just affects everybody. It could, they could shut down the whole league in a week if they want to. They really to. can. And the NFL is not, a lot of people are like, oh, why doesn't the NFL just do a bubble? Okay, let's think about this. The <laughs> NBA has done a very, they've done the best job, probably historic job of containing everything. Not oh, one yeah. case. But I mean, 13 players. 10 staff members, 23 people per team in a hotel. And they only brought in, I think, 10, uh, they brought in 15 teams at the beginning of the bubble. So, and then they progressively let family members in. Once exactly. It got shorter but that's because yeah. the team started leaving right. so you could bring in more players. Exactly. You want to bring in 53 players, 23 personnel staff, per and team. possible owners per team. Yeah. And you also, think about it, you play, there's eight games on a Sunday. So you need eight football fields. How are you going to bubble? There's no way. You can't bubble. You no, cannot yeah. bubble. You can't bubble. The, just... only, the only type of bubble I've been hearing that I could maybe think about is if um, teams stayed in hotels in their own cities. And then they lived in those hotels the entire season. But that's not fair to the players. Was... And you want to know who else that isn't fair to? The other 27 teams that I have not had one positive test because they're taking everything exactly. seriously. The Patriots had one test, so I'm not going to put that on them. The Jets had a test yesterday. It was one. The Falcons had one. But when the Tennessee comes out with... I think that it's ten up, players and ten coaches. It's up to ten and ten. It was. I, that's why I saw that a couple days ago. Oh, yeah. I thought it was five and five. No, it not. Oh my god. No, that wouldn't surprise me if it went up that yeah. high because I haven't checked since like Tuesday. Okay. But see, that, that's the thing. That's an isolated incident. And yeah. It's and like you said. It's one per team. Those teams have done the job to stop to isolate that player. They quarantine and they play. They played. The Patriots played the Chiefs. They tried their best. They got their ass kicked. But you know. They didn't have their number one quarterback. Exactly. They had Brian Hoyer out there. Yeah, Brian Hoyer and the Jibs didn't like the last 10 minutes. Right. Of the game. And, like, good luck with the reigning champions. No, it, yeah, seriously. With that, you know, it's Bill Belichick, but he's I not going to win with that sort of team. And the impact is just crazy because, like, they're playing the Bills. And so, let's say they end up playing this game and there are players that aren't. You know, they have the antibodies. They don't know they test positive. They come in contact with Josh Allen, who's in the MVP race right now. He's out for three five, three to five weeks. That ruins his MVP. Like, it's it's just the most unfair situation. And, you know, I think one of the things the NFL said at the beginning of the season that I really, really liked was they said if a player or if a team with players gets a couple, you know, like three to five, I think it was three to five player uh, positives, those players are isolated and quarantined, and the team continues to play games. Which I think was totally fair. Fine. All right, cool. Your players are being irresponsible. And, yeah. so, you know, sometimes it's not even the player's fault. Let me say that right now. Sometimes you go to the store just to pick up some groceries. You're still wearing your mask, and you just get in contact with it. It's, it's, it's spreading so fast and so <laughs> crazy. We don't know. But the fact is, that many. That you should play no, the game, put those players aside. Obviously, it was obviously spread within the program, within something they were doing, and they didn't catch it early enough. There's supposedly daily testing, too, or mm -hmm. twice a week. To, I, even at twice... Even at twice a week, you should be able to catch something like, like that earlier. Oh, yeah. They shouldn't, everybody shouldn't be showing symptoms at the same time. Get positive confirmations. Ten in one single day. That's yeah. ridiculous. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. They, it's not, it shouldn't be possible with daily testing or social distancing, you know, mask protocol. And they should be punished for it. And I agree you, with you. And you, you have to also consider, like, for Tennessee, if they, if they do get punished for this, they are a team... That is number two in that division right now. Good. A division that is kind of dog shit besides them and the Colts. And even yep. the Colts, we don't really know what they are yet. Yeah, you're not sure. We're yeah. not sure. So you lose that one game. That one game that you forfeited because you were being so stupid and you weren't following regulations could be the decider of if you're in the playoffs or if you're not in the playoffs. Because the AFC looks great this oh, year. Man. I didn't think the I thought the NFC would be the better division. And the NFC still looks really, really good. Yeah. You, have the, you have the NFC West, which is just they look amazing, yeah. all four teams. But the AFC is looking way better than anyone expected. So if, you, if you're really going to do that, you're putting your, you're not only your players and your personnel at stake, you're putting your playoff chances at stake, which is why you extend players like Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill to these massive contracts. You're yeah. affecting your own team. Yeah, and even if even if you're not getting the symptoms that cause lung damaging, you know, lifetime lung damaging disease, which you should be worried about anyways, you're, it, for me, it's the other, they're not, it's the other teams, it's the other players, and it's their own staff. They're, they're not, con I mean, they are conscious of it, and they're not, they don't give a shit. Yeah. They're just, you know, completely, oblivious to the cares and the, the future of uh, the season and what's going to go on. I mean, if sports, if especially the NFL, if they get canceled again, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, seriously. What was well, that period? No sports up until like January, which is when the NBA is supposed to begin, so, or is supposed yeah. to start up again. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we have no sports for... And luckily I had, 
European soccer that came back in like Mar- March. May and or, oh yeah, yeah May yeah. and April yeah or Bundesliga was earlier than that but mm-hmm. Premier League for me it was April and, and well, that. even there like look at those like I that that I think comparing soccer to NFL for COVID reasons is a way smarter than comparing it to the NBA or the MLB because those are larger teams and and They're all the traveling. soccer leagues have done great jobs yeah. they have done great jobs and there's not been one league shut down yep. because of COVID results yep. there have been a couple scares but they have not shut down because they're doing it well so the NFL really has no excuse for this I agree and I, and back to your further point they tra- they're traveling too all those players in England and there they're taking these precautions they're traveling to those things they're they're, I mean, they don't have state fans in the stadium, which mm-hmm. for me is another kind of like you're sort of shooting yourself in the own foot in your own foot yeah. at that point. I mean, I get it. You have, these are sixty-five thousand plus stadiums for for people, and you can have social distancing, but I don't see it a lot of the time. Yeah, it's, especially in college football, I don't see any sort oh of social distancing. Oh my god, college football is the biggest because there's a bunch of. And we are both students, but there, there are a bunch of dumbass students <laughs> yeah. who are sitting there chugging beer within inches of each other and they're wearing masks but it's just dropped the entire time yeah it's like, not di- yeah honestly the, as as like nice as the crowd idea is that you could maybe have a crowd and enforce it and stuff you can't you cannot do it and you know what i mean i think the nfl for like teams I mean, pittsburgh they're allowing fans in this week but for the past couple weeks that they've had the home games they haven't they've just been emulating crowd sounds it's been fine you, I, agree. I mean you really i mean you can tell a little bit but just like it's it it kind of is like you're on Madden and you're turning down crowd difficult the yeah. crowd volume yeah. a little bit. That's like that's literally all the difference. And I've is. seen some bad ones. It depends on who's running it, because um, sometimes it gets some obnoxious. But I agree with you. Nobody is n- nobody cares if I mean people do care if they're the fans who could go to the game care if there are fans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. But the people watching the NFL and who seriously care about the league don't care if the fans aren't there because of the the cautions and the things that it can bring to the league, yeah. in my opinion. Um, everyone that I've talked to, just they'd be like, oh, there's fans in the stadium? That's, uh, the United States is the number one country in the world with COVID, and we're the only country in the world who's having fans consistently yeah. in the league. And it, well, and then you hear about like the Miami governor, or the Miami governor, the Florida governor, who said, oh, yeah, all sports, you can fill up your stadiums now. You want to put 65,000 people <laughs> in the Bucks and the Miami Dolphins stadiums. Yeah, that's a great idea. Go ahead. I, I mean, mean the, I know Miami and Tampa Bay, they announced that they're not going to. But still, like, why? You see all these spreads. And, you again, you look at other leagues that are doing great jobs of, of this. Like, the MLB, like, not many people watch the MLB. I'm sure the World right. Series will get great, will get great um, ratings because it's the World Series. But, like... You look at them, they have cardboard cutouts in the stands. And it's kind of funny. Like, there's it a moment is. like someone hits a home run and knocks off a head. Like, that's funny. It is. It's funny. And you could pay to have, or you could do a system, you pay to have your cardboard in the stands. Yeah, you know, you pay to, it's like the, the virtual, you know, cams in the NBA. It's something like that. If, you, if you're going to have fans in the NFL, you need to have the pexiglass they're putting in schools. Yeah. And six people enforcing the six foot uh, parameter that needs to be set. And I don't know. It's just, it's such a large process that. For the financial stake of having a tenth of the fans you can have, it doesn't seem like the benefit outweighs the risks it brings. Yeah, that's the issue. I think most people, they just put finances over people's health because they're just so greedy and it's oh, really yeah. frustrating. Oh, yeah, and the thing is, is they have no foresight. If they if they have an outbreak in their place and they manage to shut down the season, they're going to lose ten times more so money than more they money. would yep. if they wouldn't have done it in the first place. Yep. But, you know, it's up to them, and if they think they can handle it, then... Most teams have done well. I'm being kind of hypocritical because those teams that have had um, fans in the stadium haven't had the outbreak like Tennessee. I don't think they have had fans in the stadium. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's just something you have to look at and understand. And you're not only putting your players, but those other people and all the the entire league is my (laughs) – it's a little selfish, but it's mine. No, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's totally justified. Uh, speaking of greed and success, in the next slide, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys situation and Jerry Jones right now. So stick around for that. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the second leg of the Training Camp podcast. If you guys didn't miss it in the first leg, we talked about Game 5 of the NBA Finals as well as the COVID concerns and issues regarding the NFL and the Tennessee Titans and just kind of the league itself. And if you did miss it, Nick Bianchi is joining us. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining me. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to these next couple segments. So... First one, of course, we talk about it. It's the fucking Dallas Cowboys because you can't talk about NFL without talking about this dog shit of an organization. But, hey, there's so many Cowboy fans you can talk about it and get hella hits. What's up, Nick? How you doing, bud? It's a friend of mine that loves the Cowboys. You um, talk anybody's a Cowboy yeah, fan, man. Seriously. So, okay. So, they're entering week five, one, and three. Let's be real. Should be 0-4. 
They're all. Oh they're, yeah, dude. They're like, yeah. okay, Atlanta. Yes. Ugh, you guys won. Whatever. No, you guys. Atlanta's are, trash, anyways. Yes. Trash. And I got so much shit at the beginning of the year. I said, "This is the 13-3 team on paper. <laughs> this is an eight and eight team." Oh. All my friends were like, "How dare you? They just got C.D. Lamb. They have this defense that looks great." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool. When they go nine and seven, eight and eight, you can fucking call me back." And I got so much shit for that. If that. And they're they're zero and four. Fuck you. It's not one and three. They're zero and four. What the? Oh, dude. I'm so. They're. They get so much coverage too because they're the Cowboys mm-hmm. that it's rough to talk about them so much. But it's it's funny to me at the same time because I love shitting on the Cowboys. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. It's not even shitting; it's just telling Dallas fans the real, the, the, the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah. I oh man, I hope the Giants even just cover next week. Dude, okay, for wallet winners, I almost was like, I I, I was like, <laughs> should I go to the Cowboys? Should it's I go to the Giants? I was like. Fuck this. I'm staying away from... If you're betting this week, no, stay yeah, away no. from the Cowboys game because here's the thing. Cowboys are going to blow everyone out. We're going to hear about it all fucking week from Dallas fans. Oh, we finally beat the, the team. Or the Giants are going to come within like one or even win this game. So do if you're a betting man, do not bet this game. Don't don't even touch this game. I would agree. Um, but, okay. Unless so, you know some like touchdown props or something like that. Yeah. I mean, if you're on player props... Probably you want to hammer the over for everything yeah. on Dak Prescott because they're... You know what? They That's might true. get down 17-0 to zero at the first half because yeah. that's what fucking Dallas does. Um... So here's the here's situation. The excuse for the past 10 years has been, oh, Jason Garrett's a mediocre coach, da 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 And then Mike McCarthy gets hired. I was like, okay, cool. We got a Super Bowl head coach. As a Green Bay fan, you should know this. Mike McCarthy isn't really the head coach. He was just kind of, he was kind of, <clears throat> he was carried by Aaron Rodgers. And people didn't realize that until last season, um, which was a wash season for Rodgers, but you know, whatever. Um, I love Aaron Rodgers. So she's such a good quarterback. Um, and so people are like, okay, Mike McCarthy, he's won Super Bowls. He's going to change the he's going to change the system. We have Dak Prescott in his fourth year. It's contract year. He's going to outperform. And here's the reality situation: the Dallas Cowboys look exactly the same this year that they did last year because it doesn't matter who the head coach is. Jerry Jones runs this team. It's true. I think Jerry Jones is the czar. He's the emperor, whatever you want to call it. Um, yep. It's not a democracy, Mm-mm. but I do think the Garrett switch was a little bit helpful for i think it's mrs doubtfire so you never really know um (laughs) but i think the cowboys have the stuff to do they do they're especially in their shitty division they're gonna go six and ten and win the division by four games like their team is so well built i mean not not on the defensive end i mean there was an interview i don't know if you heard about this there was an interview earlier in the week uh, Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy were doing a press thing or whatever, and they both said like, oh, "Our defense, we're so close. We've got, we have a little." Are you watching your games? You're giving up points to the Falcons, the Browns. Yeah. Like it doesn't make your defense it's is just horrible. silly stuff too. It's you know over the easy, easy plays that are typical of that organization. Like no, you it's said. it's so true. If you have one deep threat. Or one slot receiver, either one, you're gonna have a 30-yard gain. Right, and they might have these brilliant linebackers who can hit the shit out of people when you know meeting them, meeting them at the line of scrimmage or whatever you want to screen plays. But their D line either doesn't get enough pressure to put, to, um, to prevent that deep threat, and their safeties and corners can't obviously guard people well enough to yeah. do something. So it's obviously a coaching issue. You're probably right. Jer- Jerry Jones has too much influence on the team. Uh, that's been true since he's. Well, that's why I think them? I don't. I was having a thought earlier in the week. I was like, should Jerry Jones sell the Cowboys? He won't because it's the no. it's the highest grossing sure. sports team on the planet. He'll die a long time before. Oh he yes, sells. yeah. But he needs to just be an owner. He needs yes. to because he, he's the GM right now. He needs to get all his family relations out of that building. Yes. It, he needs to just clean house and rebuild up. I mean, if you get a head coach like Urban Meyer, if you can get Lincoln Riley, and I know those are names that's like going to be hard to get. But if you're playing yeah. for America's team, even though they're not America's team, but America's team, like they'll accept that job for the notoriety. Exactly, and, and they and they can do it. If you give if you give Dak Prescott Urban Meyer, he's gonna have great okay. years. And I don't even think Dak Prescott's like an amazing quarterback. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a franchise quarterback, twenty-seven to thirty million dollars. I don't think he's that upper echelon, but like if you give him a great head coach and you give a good GM that can do what they're doing, like Jerry Jones is telling Mike McCarthy what to do. And you can see it. And Jerry Jones just needs to, he needs to take that back. Well, he that's just why, needs to be the owner. Yeah. That's it. And I think that's why they hired him. I, I mean, it's obvious cause he's kind of weak. He's weak chinned. He's he, Jerry Jones can play the puppet master with him a little yep. bit and he, and he takes it on the mouth. Um, but I think you, you said it earlier, he's a Super Bowl coach, but he's not a great coach. Nobody would ever say Mike McCarthy is a great coach, just like they wouldn't say the same about Jason Garrett. Right. And I think that, back to your point, they 
um, hiring those high-profile names and those great coaches, it's going to be hard for Jerry Jones to do because mm-hmm. it's giving the reins over. It's But like you said, the man's – what is he? He's got to be 85. Yeah, he's definitely in his 80s. And – but he's, I mean, almost like the man looks great for his 80s. It's and true, and well. he's the richest but, person in the league. But here's the thing. I mean, like, I've lived in senior living centers. There's going to be a decline at one point in his life just because he's getting older. And so, I mean, it would surprise me in the next 10 years. And he's Exactly. <laughs> like, so it's it's bound to happen. And so he needs to set up the if – he, if he loves the Cowboys more than he loves his own financial well-being, then he needs to set this team up for success in the future. Yes. And so, you know what? And especially if you're 85, don't, don't work. You're a multi-billionaire, my <laughs> guy. Just – own a football team, go to the games for free, go on your yacht. Like that's all you gotta do. You don't have to be the GM of this team. We all we 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 give you so much notoriety because he bought a team for it was like two point one million dollars in the nineties. Makes it worth right. five point six billion dollars. Sports profile in the world. Yeah, he's won two. He won two Super Bowls in the first ten years that he owned the team. Right. And so it's like you've done it. We we know you're yes. you're you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You can you can you can leave. And I think I think Mike McCarthy has the capability to take that team to a Super Bowl with. A quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, but and Dak Prescott is great. He's one of the best. Like, he's a great fantasy quarterback or whatever. But yep. he's not Aaron Rodgers. And that's the thing: people confuse fantasy quarterbacks and fantasy production for how good an actual player exactly. is. Exactly. And I think you know again, I think Dak Prescott is a top fifteen, possibly top twelve quarterback. But you want to know why people think he's a top five quarterback or a top ten quarterback because of his stats. Right. Do you want to know where he gets his stats? Because the Cowboys always fall behind and they can never. They can never run the ball, so they have to rely yeah. on the passing game. He's he gets like sixteen hundred yards right now. Yeah. he's on track for like sixty five hundred yards. And it's fine. Teams put quarterbacks on their back. They, the the Packers did it last year. Yep. The Baltimore did it last year, and it showed in the playoffs to both teams. Yep. Um, and in that fact, you can't have Dak Prescott be the person to put. You know, however many games it is right now, it's been all four games, yep. and they've only managed to win one against a shitty Atlanta team. And if that's going to be the case, if Jerry Jones would have said at the beginning that this is well, this was his plan, that they're planning for the future now, and they're doing this, not all this garbage about how good their defense is and how good they can be, it it would make more sense to me. You know, if if they're planning for the future now and they're one and four, that's great for them. Then that's what future teams do: is they have a horrible season, they get a nice draft pick, and then they, you know, but that's not apparently what Cowboys are doing. They're still steadying on. I mean, it's good for their division that they're they have the record they they do, but. And they could very easily, like you said, come back and win that division. Yeah. But to me, it's not a good. They're not a good team by any means. Yeah. Like they and I think, say they are. Like one of the arguments Cowboys fans have is, oh, well, Dak Prescott leads the NFL in the past five years in comebacks. You want to know why? Because they're always down. <laughs> yes, you're gonna lead, but you're always losing. Yeah. Like, and again, this is a team last year that should have gone thirteen and three. They went nine. And, they went eight and eight. Right. This is the team that the year before should have gone thirteen and three. They went, I think, ten and six. They lost a the game to the Jets and the Giants. So they lost a game to the Jets. I just, and they have Zeke, man. Zeke's been the number. He's been a top three running back the last since he's been drafted, and they have one of the best. Oh, they have had the best O line since Tyron the Smith's Colts. out for the year. New report out this oh, today. I did see that, their actually. left tackle is out for the Not year. Not anymore. They lost Zach Martin, their star center, for because he retired. Dude, this team's falling apart. Yeah. Dak Prescott has been graced with like the best O line, the best running back. Like Zeke, on okay. If you're the Cowboys and you want to be successful, Zeke should be averaging 120 yards a game. And because, two touchdowns. It, oh, yeah, because their O-line's great. And then you know what? D- Dak only needs to throw for 250 and one. If even oh, that. Yeah. That's all you need. He could run for 52. He's that. He has that But they never use his mobility, no. which is the most underrated part about Dak Prescott. Exactly. He's mobile. It's his first year yes. we saw that. Yes. He could He could do what Lamar Jackson does, but be smarter about it, I think, um, because he's he's a smart player. He's a good He's a good B, B-plus quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you have Amari Cooper. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have that big three of offense. And it just simply, you know, it doesn't work for them. Their offense can't keep up with how either how many def- how many defensive points they give up, or just the lackluster mindset they have of not finishing through in games. The yeah. con- I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if it's a simple you know, a balls thing where you just can't finish. You don't have a, a Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, and any- yeah, I think that's a, I, I- Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. He's not a franchise-changing quarterback. Yeah. I think that's why, like, Trevor Lawrence, I'm, I'm not worried about wherever he goes next year. If he goes to the Jets, he's a good enough quarterback yeah. where he can transcend that, that franchise. Oh. Dak Prescott's not that player. And this is another one of the arguments I put out. Okay, cool. People are like, oh, well, let Dak go into free agency. He's going to just get his bag somewhere else. Who's going to pay him $40 million? I'm serious. What? Give me a team that's going to pay him $40 million. I would like 
the Broncos to do that. Oh, that's a Bronco move. John Elway would take that. It is a Bronco move. What team is going to be like, okay. I don't know. They wouldn't do that. I don't think they would do that. You're right. Because I don't think he's worth that much money. He's not. He's worth that much to the Cowboys. He's worth yes. that much to the Cowboys. Yes. Or, no, sorry. He, he sees him worth that much to the Cowboys, Maybe. but he's not. Like Miami next year? I could see, like, Miami. Someone if like Tua is bad, I could see Oh, that. I forgot I, about fucking No, Tua, but if Tua, because they're probably going to start him in a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. He's been practicing more. If Tua is bad, Miami might put in, like, a 25, 20, 25, $30 million contract deal for Dak. No one's paying 40. It, I, I hate talking. Okay, well, so. The, the, anyway, <laughs> no more so, Cowboys. Yeah, so, the da- so Dallas is in a do or die situation. So yeah. we're going to head hop into our next segment with, you know, the Halloween theme is spooky, spooky. Do or die. So I'm going to give Nick some teams just going to tell me if they're do or die. Do is basically you need to make a push. You need to, you need to change up some schemes. So if you want to push towards the postseason, die, of course, just accept your fate. You're going to be bad and use the season to progress players. So first team, Jets. Die. Yeah, Giants. Die. Falcons. They're good enough to do, but they're going to die. Yeah. Texans. Do. Yeah. Jags. Die. Vikings. Die. Real? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Lions. Die. Yeah. Uh, Broncos. I think they should die. That division. But is they're just... going to try to do. Yeah. Yeah, they might. They're gonna win. I, they're gonna win a couple non-conference games, and they might beat the Raiders once or twice. But and the Chargers, Cowboys. Do football team die? Chargers die. Ooh, Bengals. I think their division's too tough. They're gonna die. Yeah, Eagles. Do okay. So here's my biggest team that needs to do is the Texans, yep. and let me tell you why. Like, here's the thing. You know what? They're own four. Maybe they should just tank for next season get, and just draft. Guess what? They don't have their first or second round draft picks next year. So, you know, they played the Jags this week. This is a huge game. Because if they go own five, they, they die. It's they they are. They die. Yeah. But, and so they need to do. They yes. need to push. Because I think this is definitely a division that they can win. I don't see the Colts winning more than 10 games. I don't see the Titans winning more than 10 games. So they – it's not – they should do. They have to do. Yes. They have no choice right now. I would agree. I, I think that they got rid of Hopkins. They got rid of – and they just – which was Bill O'Brien's fault. And yeah. Which was – you know, it sucks. But like you said, they don't have their picks next season. Mm-hmm. So they can't really die. Yeah. They have no – They I have, mean, and I think the next season they don't have their second rounder. Right. So – They got all. They got rid of two picks and – Yeah. I think For they, David I, Johnson. Uh, no, they gave two seconds for Hopkins and Johnson, I think, and then they give the first for Larry Tunzel. Okay. So, I th- I like David Johnson. I think that he could pop off this week. I he was on my he was a free agent in my fantasy league, so what? I picked him up. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, no, no, I traded for him. I traded oh, okay. Him. I was like, huh? I picked up an injured. It doesn't matter. Do you okay. want to hear a trade I did yesterday? I'm really proud of. Yes. I flipped Montgomery for Ronald Jones, Deontay Johnson, and J.K. Dobbins, and then I flipped Ronald Jones and Deontay Johnson and James Conner for Kareem Hunt and Stephon Diggs. How did you, well, they gave you all those players for Montgomery. What's up, Nick? Are you the uh, Nick? So, so um, uh, my friend Zach wanted Montgomery, so he gave me those three players, and then Nick uh, was shopping. Who's hunt. the leader of your league? It lets this shit go through, man. Uh, Nick's the commissioner. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, and then for me, the team that needs to die. I was high on them at the beginning of the year. They were one of my sleeper teams. I was wrong. I'm not going to lie. I was wrong. I think the Falcons need to die. I think yeah. the Falcons should trade Matt Ryan to a team like the, like the Bears. I think if, like, if, Matt, if Matt Ryan goes to a team that actually needs a quarterback that can compete, like we saw the Bears do last night, that would be great. Get That's draft a good picks. pick. But you know what? Like the Falcons, it was a good experiment. It was great. Like getting Todd Gurley, getting this great wide out. But your defense is so dog shit <laughs> that there's no – it would not surprise me if Carolina put up 35-plus on them this week. Oh, wow. That's going to be a shootout. Yeah. I, I'd expect Atlanta to do the same. I'm with you, though. I think that they've always had this great fire offense, this fantasy offense. Mm-hmm. Um Calvin Ridley, you know, and well, Julio. Julio. I mean, yeah. he's a god, but he's been kind of injured this year. So yeah. it's, it's a lost year. And he gets locked down and, you know, when they get in the red zone because yep. it's Julio. But um, you're exactly right. If your defense can't hold points, hold teams less than 35 points a game, you're not going to win shit in the NFL. Yeah. And that's – I don't think teams ever really truly, like, try to tank. 
in that they don't try to like lose every game. No, of I mean like everyone thought get. the Dolphins would last and they end up winning five yeah. games. So. Yeah, and because because I think every player wants to win and they want to do well and they want to you know perform at their best. And especially, I'm sure fantasy owners would not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, there's a potential that could happen to the Falcons. And if they're smart, they may make that sort of agenda to yeah. tank. But the thing is, they the Jets are a thing. Yeah. yeah, it's this is a really hard year. But here's the thing. I think that the Jets are in a situation where they're probably going to getting the number one pick. So if the Falcons decide to tank, it's going to be most likely them, the Giants, and the Jets. The Giants are not going to take a quarterback because they took one two years ago. Right. The Jets might. They might. But then, okay, yeah. let's say they take Trevor Lawrence. You still have Justin Fields. A mobile quarterback yeah. with Julio, Calvin Ridley, and you could in the second or third round you can get a running back. It's true. I think that's what the Falcons should do. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's a bad idea. I think that they have the capability to very easily lose the rest of their games. They could be up at halftime in all of them, and I would bet I mean, their division alone. Good God! Oh yeah. I mean, the Panthers don't have a great record, but they're still an okay team. No, they're going to beat them once this year, I'd assume. Yeah. And um, and then here's I've I had one team. That is like, probably should be die or do, but I'm going the opposite way. I think Washington should try to do. If you're one win and you're in second in your division right now, I mean, like, here's the thing. They they benched Dwayne Haskins for, I don't know, like, Kyle Allen. I think Ron Rivera just loves him. I'm happy for my fantasy team because I have a Gibson, so he's going to get his catches. I mean, but if if they think, because this is a a move that we're going to compete. And you know what? In that division... It would not surprise me if a 7-9 Washington team made the playoffs. And you know if that happens? Give Ron Rivera coach of the year. Man is on an IV every halftime, and he might lead this team to... He's... Like, we're a week... We're a quarter way through the season. Or, yeah, we're a quarter way through the season, and Washington's not out of the playoff picture. How oh, is that yeah. possible? So I think, you know what? You're Washington. You just had the number two overall pick. Worst case scenario, you get a 15th overall pick or a 12th overall pick next year. Fuck it. Do. But you're right. There's two wild card teams this year. You could, you could very easily, you know, beat out um, the other... You could beat out those other defense, three teams in your division. Low-key, defensive front is really good. So you can yeah. give teams like Philadelphia, whose offensive line is destroyed, yep. or Dallas, whose offensive line is injured. You yeah. can give them problems. Yeah. I mean, secondary-wise, you're more towards the Dallas side. You like Quentin Dunbar and stuff like that. But um, Yeah, the thing for me is it's Ron, Ron Rivera. He's a great coach. And yeah. it's Riverboat Ron. And I... I can't believe that Carolina got rid of him last year when they did. It was the stupidest decision. I think Carolina's like, we should clean house, which made yeah. no sense. You look at Cam Newton it right just now. You look didn't, at Ron Rivera. It I mean, didn't anymore. I mean, they put everything on McCaffrey, and now they can't put everything on anybody. And I, I think Ron Rivera's a great coach and that he could take a potentially um, mediocre team to a playoff spot like that. I think Philly and the, e- Philly and the Cowboys and um, the Giants Thanks. suck. Um, but I think the I think the Eagles and the Cowboys both see that same situation, mm-hmm. and they both are kind of licking their chops and saying that you know if we can beat if we can beat um, each other, the Cowboys and the Philly, if they can beat each other yeah. either once or twice, that we have a great shot of you know you know facing a wild card team in the first in the first round rather than being that wild card team or not even you know very easily missing out because you're one and three, yeah. one and four. All right, so in the next leg of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the impacts of the Justin Herbert decision made by the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, as well as our discussions for the MVP race we got going into week five. So stay Welcome back to leg three of the Training Camp podcast. If you guys didn't miss it, I'm not going to recap everything. You guys can just text the little scrollies. We talked about a lot of stuff. Don't worry about it. So this leg of the podcast, we got the Herbert outlook after being named the starter and then the MVP race. So the first thing we're going to hop into is the Justin Herbert outlook. Dude, Justin Herbert looks phenomenal. I'm yeah. not going to lie. He... Okay, so this is this. Is, we're both betting people. You, you, you know that because I do wallet wins. Degenerates. Yeah. yeah. Um, Justin Herbert last week, his rookie of the year odds were like seventeen hundred. This morning, plus three hundred. They jumped up fourteen hundred. He's the favorite. Starter. No, uh, Joe Burrow is with one fifty. Okay. He's tied with Clyde Edwards-Helaire for three hundred. Oh damn. But oh, he's a rookie. Too. Oh my god. So here's here's my question. That's good. That's can good Herbert, value. Can Herbert do it? Yes. You think so? Yes. I think so, too. Especially want, with those two. You want to know why I think he can do it? Because I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't high on, on Burrow. I was like, ah, eh, Burrow's being overhyped, but Burrow's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Burrow, mm-hmm. Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. Especially with the recent update to the Lamar injury, it makes me worry about the future for the Ravens. So I think the future of the AFC is going to be Burrow, Mahomes, um, Josh Allen, oh. and... How old's Derek Carr? 
He's not. A, I mean, he's not one of them. I don't think he's a future. I think if he goes on a different team. I think but, if Herbert has a good year, you and, and I throw think him Herbert in there. Put, gets put yeah. into that. Because here's the thing. Here's why I think Herbert wins Rookie of the Year. Because the Bengals are going to win four or five games. Yeah. The Chargers could win seven. Yeah. I mean, they have I'm, the talent. Huh? They have the talent. Oh yeah. And I mean, this is through all their injuries. Yeah. Could you imagine if they were healthy? This is oh, ten, yeah. like I honestly I picked them as a wild card at the beginning of the year. I know I'm only saying them seven. I'm I'm not I'm not joking. I think seven's their floor. I think, wow. I think 10 is their ceiling. I, and you know what? Joe Burrow kept it up against Brady last week. Yeah. He almost beat Mahomes. Now he has to play Drew Brees. Yeah. And that's a seven-point spread. Yeah. Michael Thomas is most likely going to play, so that's probably going to shrink. So if you want to put your bets down, put those down as soon as possible. But like The Bengals play the Saints? No, the Chargers. Oh, okay. That's so Herbert step. has to play Mahomes, Brady, Brees in his first three games. And if he keeps up with Brees, like, he's going to look great. Oh, yeah. Or his first four games. He's going to look, like, I, honestly, I... I love Herbert. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I love it. I thought it was a bad pick at first but because like they started Tyra, so I was like, how bad did Herbert look in the it's preseason? True. But now, dude, oh, yeah. I love Herbert so much. No, I like I like always having um, a game or two to give you know rookie a little bit of cushion. Um, you know, it's always tough to come in, especially like in Burrow's position, and just start week one. But I agree with you. I haven't seen too much of the Chargers. But like you said, they have a very tough schedule. Yeah. And that's probably the fact why I haven't seen too much of them is um, – but I'm with you. I think that, uh, unfortunately, I think if the Bengals win five to six games. I think if the Bengals win six, then Burrow probably yeah, gets it. Because yeah. everyone's expecting them to win about four. Yeah. And um, I think, and he's, Joe Burrow and he's just. He know, looks so good. He's dude. really good. But he's like, smart and he's. He's so collected yeah, for a rookie. And he can sling that thing and he gets out of the pocket and he knows mm-hmm. how to go down now. He's not getting run over like Lamar Jackson getting injured every other week. Yeah. Which is going to. It's going to add Shorten up. his longevity. Yep. And he's younger than Joe Burrow is, by the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like a year younger than Joe yeah. Burrow. Yeah. And he's been taking NFL hits for two years now. And mm-hmm. it's Joe Burrow already has the understanding. I mean, I saw year. that game tape of Joe Burrow. He, he was mic'd up, and he slid. Yeah. And the refs are like, you slide? And he's like, after last week, that Philadelphia hit, I don't want anything to do with these players. And, like, <laughs> I mean, Jacksonville's laughing at him. He's yeah. also just so likable. Like, he is. But here's... Here's the only reason I think Herbert has more success. I mean, God damn, dude. I don't know how the Chargers are, are like, a, a, they're kind of like the Cowboys where their offense just looks so good. You have Eckler and Keenan Allen, a, a decent O-line. You have Hunter Henry and you have Mike Williams, who's a good number two. Like, that's a great, I know Eckler's out for right now, but okay, Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson, <laughs> two great backs as well. It's true. So, like, Herbert you, you, so they great. They have no excuses on the offensive end. I'm with you. I think that they should be scoring. 25 plus points a week at least mm-hmm. um but can you name a single defensive player on that team uh i can name a oh i can name I can, the her the is bosa on that team bosa's on oh, the team but i can name i can name probably all their uh injured <laughs> players like derwin james melvin ingram oh, yeah. like all their good players are casey hayward like all their good players are hurt when healthy though that's a great team you're right you're right i i couldn't i honestly was spacing even one of them and then i was like oh bosa um but the fact is if the nfl is so defensive oriented i don't care like people care so much about offense but it's so defensive oriented you look at last night's game i mean that the tampa bay offense is a team that's probably going to put up 25 on yeah. on average defenses and so i think right now it's definitely really important to have an elite offense but if you have that great defense which is what makes baltimore so deadly yep. right now i mean I, I, their defense isn't as good as last year in my opinion no. <clears throat> but like the fact that you can have a high scoring offense and a I mean, honestly, you don't even need a great defense. An average defense with a high-scoring offense, you're going to win more than 50% of your games. Exactly. But if what, you have a yeah. bottom-tier defense and a high-scoring offense, you're, you're, it's going to be a Cowboys situation. Atlanta, Cowboys, yeah. you know. That's why, I mean, it's why the Saints, I mean, not the Saints, the uh, Niners went to the Super Bowl last year. They had the crazy defense. Yeah. You know, they you, oh, pooped on the Packers. Controversial statement. If you put Herbert on that Niners team oh. for the Super Bowl last year, I think that's a closer game. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think it's a, yeah. I think, I think Herbert it's... is a better quarterback than Garoppolo in Herbert's first year. Garoppolo just he relies on the running dude, game. He's only lost like four games dude, as a starter. Have you seen? Have you seen Herbert? That dude is no. Not you're right. You've anything. seen a lot more. You've seen a lot more of Herbert than like, I have. Herbert will run. He will take chances. Garoppolo doesn't really do that. That's no. my controversial statement for the day. I usually he like, does this. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. He goes here. You go, buddy. Uh, Herbert goes. I got you. He throws, he throws a little Brady five yard over the toppers and then his receivers get him 40 yards yeah. because they're so fast so but yes i think you know what if you're a betting person bet herbert right now 
Yes. I think you for you, the value. You hammer that right now. If you value. haven't already, if you if you already had the value earlier, then you're if you a bet smart him at seventeen hundred, holy shit, you're gonna be paid out so well. Please but, tell me what to bet. Because here's the thing: if they keep this game close this week. His odds are going to go up to like 150. Mm-hmm. He's go, he, he would either tie or be. Oh, yeah, really he has close. three tugs and less than two picks and you yep. know, three, 300 yards. He has, a, oh, yeah. he has a 72% passer completion rate or completion percentage. What's his, 72%. Do you know his uh, QBR? I can tell you. I'm going to say like 86. I, last game, he probably was like. I, uh, that's probably pretty high. 84. Ooh! That was pretty close. That's not bad. I mean, it's... Uh, no, that's pretty good. No, sorry, not 84, 74. I don't know why I said 84. Oh. 74, which I mean... That's for, not close, but I was still pretty good. Yes. For a uh, rookie. But l- listen to these. In three games, 74 QBR, 72 completion percentage, 930 passing yards, five touchdowns. In how many games? Three. Ooh. Against... Yeah. Against Tampa Bay, who has a great defense... Carolina, who's a shit defense, and Kansas City, who's a great defense. He has two more touchdowns. He's the number. He's the favorite right now. Oh yeah, for rookie. Day. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think you know what? He's gonna pull ahead in two weeks. He's no, I'm serious. I think who do they play? Justin Herbert, offensive rookie of the year. That and it wouldn't surprise me. I, I mean, that's something. If you told me, oh my god, oh my god, listen to this schedule. After the Saints, Jets, Dolphins. Jaguars, Raiders, Broncos. You need to bet. Oh yeah, yeah. Justin do Herbert it right now. If right you, now, yes. Because um, the Saints game is probably going to drop his odds a little bit if they lose. Yes. And then, okay, Bills, Patriots, Falcons, Raiders, Broncos, and they end with the with the Chiefs. That is a stretch where Herbert can win almost all those games. Yes, I, and I, th- I was wondering why they had such a tough beginning schedule, but that makes sense now that they're you know they get this light load the next six yeah. to seven I mean, weeks. You have to face other than the Saints. You have to face the. Chiefs twice a year too. Like that's just such a shit situation. Yeah, two L's, unfortunately. Um, speaking of the Chiefs, Mahomes is the third highest odds to win the MVP right now, behind Rodgers, who's at two, and Wilson at one. Now here's my question. I love Mahomes. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I think he's the future of the NFL. I think he's going to shatter all kinds of records. He's, in my eyes, he's like already pretty, pretty close to a first ballot Hall of Famer because he's so young, and done so much. Mahomes shouldn't be three. I think Josh Allen should be three. Josh Allen right now is at plus 1,700 odds Ooh. for MVP. Wow. And you know what? I was skeptic about it for the first two weeks because he didn't have great matchups. But after that Rams game, he's for real. He is legit. He reminds me of an athletic big man. The last two MVP winners have won it in their second so- season as a year. starter. Yeah. I mean, Could Josh Allen's in his third because he was the same draft class as Did Lamar. he start his rookie year? He did. But still, Damn. but like he also started with a really bad team. Oh yeah, and so and they were good last year. And you're right, I I said it in week one. They're uh, he's a good, big. He's got a strong arm. He's accurate. He moves when he needs to, and he doesn't take hits that uh, he doesn't need to. And all that adds up with that Bills defense to a uh, winning that division, and. Maybe even an AFC championship. Well, he's style. got the two things that every single quarterback wants. He has a dynamic running back. Like, Singletary's not great, but he's a great running back. He's, have, he's all you need, though, Yes, right? and, and then you know what? If you need a pass catching back, they have Zach Moss they can throw to. But he has the two most important things. He has a deep threat in Brown, and he has a slot slash other deep threat in Diggs. Diggs is actually oh, multiversal. Hey, could you imagine if the Bills actually accepted that Antonio Brown trade two years ago? Oh, my God. Antonio Brown's stupid. Um... So you know what? He's set. And he, this is his upcoming, his upcoming schedule. So they play the Titans on Tuesday, fingers crossed. Chiefs is going to be a real real big game for them. Jets, I think they're going to beat the Patriots. Then they play the Seahawks, Cardinals, Chargers, Oof. Niners. So you know what? It does not get not easy for him. No. But like, here are the last four. Steelers, Steelers Broncos, Patriots, Dolphins. Okay. I think, they could, I think they could beat the Pats twice. That's a bold claim. That's the thing. I think they win three of those games. I think they beat the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. I think the Patriots is the only hard one, only because it's in Gillette. It, is it in Foxborough? It's in Gillette. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's, that's always tough to win there unless your name is Andy Reid. Um, yeah. But or Peyton Manning. That's true. Yeah. Good times. Peyton's the goat, man. Seriously. Um, With Allen at number three. Oh, yeah, the Bills. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I did the NFC East just got like sucked into my head. Like, <laughs> yeah. the Pats and the, no, I think that Josh Allen has great value right Yes. Now. I 
don't see him winning the MVP. Yeah, I don't see him. I think Rodgers has... Or not Rodgers. I think Wilson has it locked up. I think... Really? Here's the thing about the MVP. I think the MVP, just, it's a story-driven award. It does not matter. That's fair. And so you know what? Who do I think should win? I think Rodgers. Because last year, everyone's like, he's washed. He's not the same quarterback he, he once was. If he keeps up this pace, he's going to be... Oh my God, I would not surprise me if the Packers win the Super Bowl. <laughs> but right now, Russell Wilson is doing things that everyone has expected him to do for the past four years, but Pete Carroll said, you know what, no, I'm going to run the offense. And so they're finally like, okay, cool, Russell, you run the offense. And Russell's, Russell's running that shit. He does. He did. On a horrible offensive line and yeah. subpar to below average defense. Yeah. So And that's how it always, it always comes down to fourth quarter, put the ball in. Wilson's hands and you know let him do his thing let him he is Aaron Rodgers but he's younger and he's faster and he's yeah he's uh, I don't he's know got, he again, probably got more threat threatful people to pass to he's got Metcalf he's exactly got, that's the thing we're talking uh, about weapons with Allen yeah he has Metcalf Tyler Lockett, Lockett. he has uh, Chris Carson in the pass game and in yeah. the running game I mean you give give him one or two guards and tackles and doodle 13 win team <laughs> I'm with you and I think that if he has another you know storybook season of you know, 10 fourth quarter wins, last second drives like mm-hmm. he always does. That there's, you're right, it's story driven. You know, he could very easily have, uh, you know, 10 less touchdowns than Rodgers and three more picks, but because the Seahawks win their division, and which they could, I think they could beat the Niners out very oh, easily yeah, I think with, with their all the injuries. injuries yeah. Uh, yeah, that that could happen. Um, and like you said, <sighs> It's not all on Rodgers' back this year. He has a defense and a running back to help him out, and that it, kind of takes away from the MVP for him. If you had to guess Rogers, or, uh, Wilson's completion percentage, what do you think it is? 79. 75. He's 75% for 1,300 yards, 16 touchdowns, two picks. Two picks? Four games. How Does Rodgers have any picks? He's so... No, he doesn't. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. I was going to say, he's so... Oh, my God. Rodgers is 70% completion, 1,200 yards, so he's only 100 below. 13-0. and 0. Touchdown to interception many, ratio. How many touchdowns does Wilson have? 16. 16. 16 and 2. That's what... That's, 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 and I don't have an issue with quarterbacks throwing picks that often. Rodgers does. Yeah, I take a chance every once in a while. Yeah, Rodgers does kind of have an issue with that. He likes his QBR rating and his no-pick stat, which is going to... I mean, it's going to break... He's going to shatter however many pick to touchdown ratio records he wants to do but yeah. sometimes you got to take a shot downfield like you said especially when you get people like Devontae Adams back and you have those threats like Lazard and even Equanimous St. Brown who can run down the field at, and you could throw the ball up to and you have a shot at throwing a pick but you know sometimes you're also going to get two extra touchdowns yep. in a game and solidify a chance at a W or even your spot at MVP yeah must be nice to be a Packers fan <laughs> um, anyway so one last leg of the podcast is going to be our wallet winner segments. Stick around for that. I got mine, and we'll see if Nick has any of his own. Stick around for that. Welcome back to Train Camp Podcast. Final leg, and of course, as always, every single wet leg, we do the wallet winners of the week. I didn't do one last week because I didn't have a show. The week before that, I, we're not going to talk about that week. But on the <laughs> season, I am 500, so that's pretty good. Wow, so we're not doing, pretty good. We're not doing too bad. We are early in the season, so I can screw it up really easily this, this week. This week is tough, too. I looked at the this lines. Is this is a hard week. week. Yeah. And so Nick, our own boy, he brought his own. He brought two of his own wallet winners for me. So give me your first one. Who you got? Um, I think it was the line on the Philadelphia game. The Pittsburgh Philadelphia game. Mm-hmm. Yes. How much? They were favored by like a touchdown. Yeah, it's a, it, it's plus. They're plus seven. Pittsburgh minus seven. Yeah. So you're take, taking Philadelphia. Uh, take Philadelphia. Uh, I, here, here's a quick spoiler. That's one of my wallet winners. Oh <laughs> shit. Plus seven is well. No, and you know what? I'm actually glad you brought that up because this is one of the ones that I think is a harder bet. Most people can be like, oh, Pittsburgh. The Eagles suck. Yeah. You know what Pittsburgh does? They play down to their competition, and Pittsburgh has not found their offensive rhythm yet. Pittsburgh defense is great, but. And we said earlier Philadelphia needs to win games Dang. if they want to make the playoffs. Yep. Which they can. They definitely can make the playoffs. They're number one in the division right now with three. They're one, three, and one, one. Yeah. Do you have them winning the game or just covering? I think they just cover. Okay. They could win, but I would the safer bet's just uh, petting the points. And then I had the over. It was 44 points. We got the Indianapolis games 47. Who are they playing? Cleveland. It was the Philly Pittsburgh. It was the Philly Pittsburgh. Yeah. So you, so, you spread and did you yeah, say over or under? Uh, over. Okay. Because it's seven on. Uh, I use Bovada. 
Uh-huh. And on Bovada, the spread is seven and a half points for... It's moved up to seven and a half? Yeah. Oh. And that's going to change, I think, like you said, because people are going to bet... Well, the money's going to go into Philadelphia, so you yes. know what? That Oh, God, Philadelphia might go to minus eight by the end of the day. Yeah. And so you might want to wait for that. It might even... And I think towards Sunday, it's going to drop. It'll go beneath seven. I think it'll go to six and a half. But the, right now, the points are at 44, and that's the lowest of the week, I think. Um, and I think that's... I think that's an over. Yeah. I I'd agree with you. I think that game. Well, I mean, my score prediction for that game was 30 to 24 Pittsburgh wins. So Philadelphia covers by one. It's, 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 a, it's a seven point. So, I mean, that's 54 points right there. So, yeah, I think I agree. I, uh, Pittsburgh secondary just kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, their, their pass rush is amazing, but their secondary hasn't been as good as it was last year. We haven't seen the sparks that we have from, like, Minka or uh, Joe Hayden. <clears throat> and so, you know, I could totally see that. They're, they're definitely going to get the over. 44 is a little, is a minimal. Yeah. For That's what I normally look at if I can't decide on a game, and I don't know why I uh, suddenly like the Eagles too. Um, but I think that um, if you look at the, all the points and you, you find the lowest one, if it's under 55 in the NFL, that's sometimes oh. lick your chops at that, you know? So uh, last week, the Niners-Eagles game, they reached 45 combined. The week before, the Bengals-Eagles reached 46. The week before, Eagles-Washington reached 44. And the week after that, the Rams and Eagles got 56. So that's probably why it's 44. They've only yep. crossed the 50 threshold once. Yep. But if you look at those teams, Washington, Bengals, Niners are not elite offenses. The Rams no. are, and the Rams blew them out. So. Yeah, you and know, like I'm you said, the there's issues with both secondaries, and I think that there's. I think Pittsburgh has the more the better weapons to take advantage yeah. of those issues. Juju over the top, you know, you could get a couple. Deontay Johnson, they have Ebron. Yeah. They can dunk it down to Chase Claypool, the rookie. Is I I sometimes like to bet um, halftime spreads also because they're okay. also going to be really low. What you got? And that one, I don't know if that one is any lower than twenty. You might want to hammer that. It's twenty-one and a half. That's the that's the over under for halftime. Yeah. And I think that a team could very easily score 21 points and a half in the NFL, especially the Steelers. So, personally oh, yeah, for me, that game... the first half team, they're yeah, not the second half team. Personally for me, the safe bet on that game is the over. I would, If I had the money, I'd parlay it with the Eagles to cover. Do you know what's kind of personally? a crazy bet right now that I'm seeing? The first half money line is plus 950 for them to be tying at halftime. That's, I love those I, bets. I love that. You can bet tie and then victor, too. And you can. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you if you want to put down a bet, not for this game necessarily, but if you want to like have some really good bets, draws at halftime are really good because a lot of games will end 6-6, yep. 7-7, So I think that's a big one. Teams like to get points very late and to yeah to put themselves in better positions for you yep. know the second half and. A lot of teams will rather than take the lead at halftime, just take their points and take a field goal rather yep. than going for it on fourth and one. Yep. Um, so my second wallet winner, Arizona is going to New York. Jets. As a yes. Okay. As a minus seven. And I have Arizona covering that. I think Arizona's going to win 28-17. That's an 11-point win. That's a good – I like that number. Here's, here's why. The Jets gave up 37 points to Denver. Denver's <laughs> offense scored 37 on that defense. Donald's out, so Flacco's playing. Flacco's an okay quarterback, yeah. you know. Um, and Arizona's offense is a total mismatch against the Jets' defense. Oh, yeah. Arizona's, def- Arizona's offense is far superior to the Broncos. So that alone should – you know, make them, in my opinion, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately, but I think that they definitely have more threats right now than the Broncos do for sure. And they're oh, just yeah. playing at a higher consistent level. The Jets have nothing to win. The, even if they do win, they're not going to win. They have no chance of winning their division, making a wild card team. Yep. The Cardinals actually have a chance to make a, a wild yeah, card they're position. in the playoff. I right. Mean, and it's just. They have two. They have to play the Seahawks and the Niners. Twice. Yeah, they have four more games against those two teams, and that's just like they need to get as much wins as they can before that time, and I think they're going to try to do that. And you know what? If you're you're betting player spreads too, like I think Hammer, Kyler's over for passing. Hammer is over for rushing. Uh, Hammer, Hopkins over for yards. Probably hammer the touchdowns as well. Like this yeah. is if you, like if you want to hammer the offense. Now the only way I can see the Jets putting up a fight is because Arizona's defense is. Average. Sure. I think sure. they don't have a real big pass rush. Shout out to Lucky Filti, who's their defensive tackle. That's my high school. 
appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, they don't really have a – I mean, they, they've – with the Baker, they have Patrick Peterson. That's really it, honestly. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, – seven is just – it's a lot, but it's not yeah. a lot against the defense they're playing. So, I have Arizona covering seven. I like Second that. one, we talked about this earlier. I was going to say – I was going to say it's a wall winner, but I don't want to spoil it. Jacksonville's at Houston. Houston's minus five. Oh yeah. It's like we said, Houston's a do or die right now. You could you could I would I would throw I would alternate. Move, I would move that up yep. to six and a half. If I if it's available six or six and a half, I would move it up to because Houston needs this game. Yep. And you know what? I think Deshaun Watson it, rumors are coming out or uh, reports coming out that Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien do not have a good relationship. So you know what? I think Deshaun Watson's gonna use this game as a I think it's gonna be a very Russell Wilson esque game where he's gonna be designing the offensive play calls. And you know what? I think Deshaun Watson's gonna go. Oh, I think off he's gonna pop off too. And so it's it's not a blowout by any matters by my score prediction. I have thirty one twenty four, so it's a touchdown. That's but a, yeah. the only way I think it's a touchdown is I think Jackson maybe gets a late game garbage time touchdown because they've been doing that every single league so far. Yeah, they got Minshew too, and he always likes to do his best, and they they want to win just like any other team. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I think sorry I think that a prop bet on a touch Deshaun touchdown running touchdown probably has decent odds. Could check that out. You probably, yeah, definitely. I won money on Kyler Murray. I won 200 bucks on uh, t- Kyler Murray scoring two touchdowns early nice. in the year. And so those are always fun to look at. I've won more money on those this year than actual lines. As well. Nice, dude. So, yeah. um, and I th- the only issue I have for Houston is their defense is really bad. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're Jacksonville, DJ Chark, James Robinson, and Gardner Minshew, just get him. He's got a flush out for the pocket, buy himself some time. They need to get some sort of run going against yeah. Watt. And then, yeah, I think you know, they I have, think sh- have a shot, maybe. It wouldn't even surprise me if this is a 24-24 game and Houston has to get that game a touchdown. I don't think that's going to happen. The only reason I think it's going to be this close is I think, like I said, Jacksonville gets a garbage time touchdown that closes yeah. that gap a little bit. But you know what? Five is – five scary me. I think it was four and a half at the beginning of the week. So it has stretched. Wow. And so four and a half was kind of scary because I was like, okay, they're really expecting that little. But when they put yeah. it at five, when it's not a half-point spread, I kind of trust it a little bit more. So, yeah, I think I think Houston easily. I think you're right. Getting rid of, uh, getting rid of a coach – does something to a team, especially when it's, yeah, yeah, especially when it's somebody who has the impact that Bill O'Brien did. He's the GM and coach, and you got um, homeboy, your D coordinator, you know, who you're familiar with, and is your head coach. I think they are going to be comfortable and probably do shit on them. Yeah. So. Uh, another seven point spread. The Rams are going to Washington minus seven. <laughs> this was a hard one for me. What do, you, what do you think about? I looked at that too, and I th- that was one of the um, smaller point spreads. Yeah. And I was looking at the over on that also. Well, the over under on that is forty five. Yeah, and that's always so. It's it's a tough number, and seven points is a tough number to bet against. Also, especially when you have the Rams who can't really decide on. Is it in Washington? Yeah. That's another reason that I'm. If it was in LA, I would take it probably a lot easier. Sure. This is a hard one to swallow. It is. That's a that's a difficult that's a difficult bet. I think that um, yeah, it could very easily go both ways. But I think the more favorable one is the Rams. And this is what led me to that. You know, they made the they made the quarterback change. Yeah. Now Kyle Allen is he's a he's a mediocre quarterback, but you know what he loves to do. He loves to turn the ball over. Yeah. After the first three weeks he was playing for Carolina last week or last year, he started turning the ball over a lot. And you know what? Terry McLaurin's a great, great wide receiver, but he's gonna be matched up against Jalen Ramsey. And you, Gibson's a great running back. He's got to go against Aaron Donald that front and that front line. So you know what? It's gonna be a good game. Like man. again, if you if there's a turnover, um, like total turnovers for that game, I would hammer the over on that yeah. because I think it would not surprise me if Allen has a three pick game. <laughs> like honestly, that's and true. So, and I think another thing that's really hard about the Rams is you don't know who to game plan for their running back committee. They have three True. running backs. I mean, I don't know if Cam, Cam Akers is for sure playing this week, but they have three running backs you can't plan for. Like last week, everyone was like, okay, Henderson's going to go ape shit because he went ape shit the week before. It was Malcolm Brown. Right. The, the week before that, and without Malcolm Brown, it was Henderson. Like, you can't plan for that. They which have is, two or three wide receivers of the same way. Exactly. You got Cooper Cup, you got Robert Woods, and yeah. uh, you have two great tight ends, yeah. too. And I think Sean McVay is he's a great coach. He always knows how to plan for the right team, but. Both teams are in a, situ- are in a uh, do or die situation. You know, yeah. they both have to win games if and they want to keep the their Rams season are alive. In a better team situation. Yes, right now. exactly. I think they're better because of the they're both in the same situation. I think you take the better team and the better organization. And yep. that this is something that happened Rams. a couple weeks ago. With th- this game reminds me a lot of the San Francisco, uh, the San Francisco versus the Giants mm. game because everyone's like, oh, well, the, the San Francisco's injured, and I I took 
I took oh, yeah. almost every over for, for Washington because I like head coaching better. Yeah. And I think Ron Burr is a great coach, but I just think Sean McVay is a genius. Like, you see these play calls he comes up with, and it's genius. Yeah. Um, no, right. on that, yeah. We all know that my last pick is always the upset of the week. This isn't a big upset because the odds weren't, like, too big, but there weren't a lot of upsets I liked this week. But th- this kind of surprised me that they were up. They were underdogs. Carolina is an underdog against Atlanta. The game yeah. is in Atlanta. But have we seen Atlanta's defense? Atlanta's defense is bad, man. Yeah. And, you know, I, like, I don't know. I think Mike Davis has done a great job filling in for Chris McCaffrey. Like, he's done a yeah. great job filling in for Chris McCaffrey. I haven't seen too much of Carolina, but I've seen plenty of Atlanta to know that any team in the NFL – could beat them. Oh yeah, and you know what? What's the over? Any team this? in the NFL, and I think that's true at any point that uh, a one and six team could beat a five and two team, whatever you want to do. But mm-hmm. I, I think that Atlanta doesn't have it. The over under for this is fifty three. Now I am definitely, if my score prediction is anywhere in the ballpark, I'm gonna hammer the over. I have Carolina beating Atlanta thirty five thirty two. It's going to be a high score. These are two horrible defenses. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. Here's the only reason. If Julio was in, I would take Atlanta. But Julio's not going to play. Oh, wow. And did you see what the Packers did to Matt Ryan last week? Yeah. I'm not, was... say, I'm not saying that the Carolina defense is anywhere near the Packers. No. But Calvin Ridley did not have one reception. Right. In the entire game. Thanks for that. I've been on fucking fantasy. Got me zero <laughs> points. Also, shout out to Scotty Miller, who got me zero fucking points last night. One of my talk leagues. early, too. Appreciate it. No, I didn't do Oh. I think he might eat. I think Todd Gurley could very easily he get a couple of TDs. He and... doesn't remind me of it of Todd Gurley though. Like he, no, he. I don't think like, Atlanta's utilizing him as well as they can. He's a red zone right now. He's a red zone back, and yeah. I think that's what they should use him as. You're, you're inside the ten. He can get you those ten yards. That's he'll all. Through it. That's all the Rams did with him, and he was the leading touch. He was he one of the seventeen touchdowns in one season yeah. or something like that. You could, you could. He was favored to score a touchdown a game. Now it's like if he gets the ball handed to him, you're everybody's like. He's got him on his fantasy team. Yeah. It's the best thing in the world. But, no, I think that both of those teams are kind of obviously shit shows. Yeah. But as far as organizations go right now, I would say that Carolina knows where they're they have, headed. They have a roadmap. Exactly. They, have, have, a, they, have, they have a plan, and uh, Atlanta's like, uh... they were They were on a do-or-die <laughs> segment, so you don't know. And I think this yeah. is going to be the start of that die. So. Yeah. And. They'll cool. see where their season goes, and if they have to revamp it, then good for them. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you for having Dude, me. Of course, man. You can, have, you can come on any anytime you want. I mean, we got a long season ahead. We got plenty of sports yeah, to come up. I can't wait. Uh, so if you guys if you guys want to check out Nick, I will drop any uh, links for like Instagram or Twitter you want to put. I will drop those if you want me to. Uh, other than that, if you guys want to see Nick on the show again, just let me know. I'll definitely <laughs> want to bring him on. It doesn't have to do with you guys. I just. Love having him on. Love talking sports with him. It's good to always have you around, dude. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to leave this podcast here. I'll see you guys next episode.